This episode of the Kick Knowledge Podcast is powered by rapanalysis.com. That was nice. That was nice. You're listening to the Kick Knowledge Podcast. I'm Zach. And I'm Steven. We're two white boys. We like talking about hip hop. Yes, we do. We got a very, very special guest. It's actually the um, the guest that has appeared most often on our show. No, nah, it has to be Martin. No, Martin is at three. You are at three, too. Because... Because we cut the Christmas episode, yeah. we cut it yeah. up. It was two separate episodes. Yes. So, um, yeah, we've That's got correct. none okay. other than friend of the show, Frank Stevens in the building. Hey, guys. It's Frank. Actually, we've nice got to be him back. in the building for real because he's sitting in my living room next to me. So, yes. um, yeah. Also, uh, just a heads up for the listeners. I mean, Zach is in Texas. We're in the Netherlands. It's 9.30 in the evening here. So we're sitting here with a couple of beers. And Zach just yeah, had lunch. Two thirty, 2.30. So and I Zach woke seems up to like be the ago, more so. serious guy in the conversation. <laughs> no, I'll be fine. <laughs> That's because, you know. Um, yeah, no. Uh, all right. So I'm really excited about this episode um, because we've been wanting to do this this episode in particular for a long time it's uh um it's gonna be all producer focus how we make how anyone makes but especially us three how we make our beats um how we approach the process of making a beat making hip-hop music and um we're just gonna go through all kinds of stuff like how do we sample where do we get our samples from what kind of daws do we use what does DAW mean? Uh, what, what kind of equipment do we use? Is there anything um, that we've learned from other famous producers or from each other or whatever may come up? Mm. Everything's going to be related to producing. And really, um, I, at least that's our goal for, uh, for this episode. Uh, we want to hopefully talk, like, make this be interesting for people who are already into producing who might be thinking of starting as a hip-hop producer as a beat maker um so aspiring producers and just people who want to figure out how certain things are done by artists that they know and love right so uh how does how does kanye or how does jay dilla do this one thing that makes the song so cool right so hopefully all of that is gonna be in this episode and uh, we're very excited yeah. to have frank on for that yeah, Zach, go ahead. Yeah, and what what I think is interesting about, you know, when we talk about this is that, because my, my undergrad, well, I guess my, my master's is going, and my PhD is going to be, you know, in music. <laughs> yes. So, like, and, well, for my undergrad, though, I took, like, my concentration was in saxophone. Mm-hmm. And, you know, w- whether you're taking, you know, saxophone or piano or whatever, you know, whatever lessons you take if you're learning music in sort of like a more formal way, whether it's like just taking lessons or, right. you know, being an actual major or whatever, like those stuff are like very standardized, you know, yeah. there's specific ways to learn piano and guitar and saxophone and bass and whatever. But with like, and then, you know, obviously because of 
those instruments have been around for way longer than sort of centuries. Yeah. Has, you know, I feel like those types of music making have been a lot more standardized. And even with like stuff, and obviously there's, you can get degrees in like production and sound recording and stuff like that. So it's not like that doesn't exist at all because it does. It's just not as near as standardized, I think, as like production. And it's like, you know, there isn't like a school of hip hop beat making. No, no, or, exactly. Or at least there isn't in the same way. You know, there's guys like Ninth Wonder who they teach at like Duke, you know, Ninth Wonder. Yeah, he teaches at Duke. Yeah, Duke. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and he did something at Harvard, I think. Starting yeah. some cool stuff like that, and maybe that'll, you know, blossom into something. There in is the this uh, there's this Q-tip jazz jazz and hip-hop class uh, right. in the, in the right. fall at NYU. I would, man, I was yeah. so pissed that it, that it wasn't in 2017 when I was at NYU. It's, God damn it. But, you know, but yeah, Q-tip's doing this whole fall course at NYU on, like, jazz influences and hip-hop and production and this... That's just amazing. Yeah. And it's it's cool to see that this kind of these ideas are entering academia, entering entering universities, the academy. Um, but I mean it's not nearly enough yet and uh, we can do a small part to like uh, add to that. That would be interesting about it. And yeah. I, I probably, Frank I'll let you I'll let you talk. But um Yes. <laughs> well, that's what's interesting about it. I think with with production it's kinda I guess you could say overwhelming, like whenever you start out. I mean, that's, I know that's how I feel when I got into making beats because it's like, what do I even do? <laughs> you know, you're like, <laughs> yeah. where do I even start? Because you have to know, yeah. you got to have to have be like kind of the jack of all trades, like starting out. Like, yeah. you got to know a little bit like theory and playing music and listening to music and, you know, knowing where to find samples and knowing what, what you want to sound like, you know. Yeah. Yep. And you, you know, know when you first start out. It reminds me of the first time uh, you or anyone um, uses Photoshop and you're thinking Mm. it's going to be like paint and then you can't even figure out how to move anything or how to like how to make a circle, how to make a circle. You're like, how is it this hard? (laughs) Like, it sounds so easy. And then because I mean, that's when you get into these programs that most of us use to make beats, it's like there is. I was gonna like, I was gonna try and make an a hyperbole, but it's it feels like there's literally a million buttons on there on these screens, right? Mm-hmm. And all kinds of sliders, whatever. You have no idea what it means, and, um, and you just gotta sort of because there is no book to teach you, there is no class to teach you how these programs really. I mean, well, these days you can go on the internet on and YouTube. like, yeah, like look at tutorials, like yeah. where to start, how to make a boom bap beat, how to make a trap beat. Yeah, but back in the days, like when I started, there was no tutorials Nothing. on YouTube telling me how to make a beat. Like, I just I heard Mad Lib, and and like it was in that era when when I started listening to Mad Lib and Dilla, when I also started making beats. Yeah. So I just went in like, okay, I know a lot of samples, I I have a lot of samples, I yeah. have a lot of records, but now what? Now what? Yeah. And I used to work like as a as an MC with other dudes who made beats, so that's how I knew like, okay, let's get FL Studio, and like I remember sort of how to make a drum loop pattern or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah and now yeah. okay let's start sampling and these days like kids can just go on 
YouTube find tutorials and how to make a trap you. beat. Yeah, and yeah, like, like in, within ten minutes you have your own trap beat. Like, but that's really cool. I mean, that, that trap beat yeah. you're gonna make in ten minutes is probably shit, but it does make you. It helps you learn like how it, music works and how music is visualized and how sort of. I, I I don't know how to say it exactly, but like it brings the dream closer. Mm. Like it makes exactly. it more, yeah. more, more uh, feasible. Yeah, feasible. Feasible yeah. to to like start with it and start working on it. And I think that's an amazing thing. Like before, like like a couple of years ago, I would have been like, no man, it, it needs to be, stay like a special thing for like this little group, like where the producers and shit. But like, I think it's cool that my little brother can go on YouTube, like get the program and start making beats. Yeah, like, that's insane. Cause like in the end. Um, it it allows more people to make these beats, but it doesn't mean that everybody is like instantly like a hit producer. There's still a, a huge learning curve, and oh, yeah. um, but it but to like make that first step more accessible, yeah, that is beautiful. I mean, just the stuff that I've learned from from YouTube, not so much in like how to make beats, but like how to mix them and master them dude like I'm still i have no i used to have i feel like i have a, a bit of a grasp on how to mix and master now yeah. but it's far from perfect i had no idea before i had no idea that if you put a lot of instruments in sort of the mid-range of your frequency spectrum it's gonna sound muddy yeah. as hell right yeah no idea i was like Piano, that's cool. Guitar, that's cool. Oh, let's put let's the add that there. Yeah, let's put the sample. Let's put everything in there. It's like, wait, but all these separate parts sound good, but when you put them together, it sounds what? like crap. How does that work? And it's uh, and that's like, and I, I had no idea how to fix that, right? And then and YouTube comes around. I mean, and there's tutorials and. How to make your mix sound less muddy. I literally yeah, yeah. type in on Google how to yeah, make my too. mix sound less muddy. Yeah. And you get to a YouTube video that explains it to you. How to use equalizing. How to use compression the right way. And um, I mean, th those things are very difficult to like grasp. Everybody has a sense of like, if you're into music, you you probably have a, a, a feeling for like the composition of it. Yeah. Like how you want if you how you want your drum patterns to be or how you want your composition to be that's not the hardest part but the the really hard part is to make it sound good mm -hmm. to make it sound like it sounds in your head right yeah. um i think yeah i think youtube is great for that so if you're an aspiring producer just like 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 if you're an aspiring beat maker at least like go to youtube Google everything, like even Google how to like tweak your own drum sounds and everything, how to it's create your cool. own. Cool, like people are sharing their knowledge. Yeah. Like, yeah. look oh, yeah. at this. I found out about exactly this one little VST plugin that can mm -hmm. make everything sound more bigger and like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then this guy is all hyped up, telling you about it. Like, go yeah. find it, buy it, download it, and yeah, like. That's dope. That's, that's amazing, really man. Yeah. To me, like, whenever I'm just thinking about specific ways of arranging and production stuff. I always just compare it to like cooking and like mm. figuring out recipes and stuff. That's good. Yeah. You know, like you want, I'm trying to think of a good comparison, like a good, I don't know. It's just like making a sandwich, you know? Yeah. yeah. You know, you want you like the, the bread that's like, uh, 
I don't know, your drums. That's, a, that's the drum and yeah, the bass you know, or something. That's, yeah. that's the foundation. Yeah. You know? Without bread, there's no there's no sandwich, right? Without a drum yeah. and a bass, there's no hip-hop beat. Like, you need... Yeah, and then, like, the sample, the sample or whatever melodic stuff you do, that's, like, the meat and cheese. <laughs> you know? But then you got these experimental cats, like making a sandwich without the bread, because there are producers it's like making beats without the drums. So like that's like the Mad yeah. Libs and shit. They make it like yeah, but you can't. Sandwich but just cheese and bologna. You shouldn't start making a sandwich without bread. It's like it's like hey you man, can delete the bread. It's like you afterwards. apply for a job at Subway, and you're like, yo, I got a great idea. Let's just make like no like, bread. Put some. Put some bell peppers, some salad, and, and like put some cheese on there, get the melt and everything. Yo, that's a salad, dude. Yeah, but it's delicious. <laughs> that's beautiful. Also, if you're like, hey, bacon is good, salt is good, huh is good, whatever. You end up with like a like like a, a sandwich that is way too fucking salty and it doesn't yeah. it doesn't taste mm -hmm. it, it tastes like shit right and it's yeah. kind of like if you add the piano and the guitar and the second guitar and the solo like and the whatever kind of sort of mid-range frequency <laughs> instruments are just layering you layer everything you end up with like a terrible mix to me, you know like this is way this you know, metaphor okay. is way too good, Zach. Yeah, <laughs> no, it is. One more food analogy. So, like talking about that, like, and this is just a personal preference. And if you do this, it's totally fine. But like, like eight oh eight drums. I love eight oh eight drums. I love. Mm -hmm. I wrote a whole article about how much I love eight oh eight drums. Check it out. It's on rap I, analysis. They partner with them. Yeah, <laughs> presentations on the history of the eight oh eight. I love it. But to me, like the eight oh eight, whether it's like bass or or you know the whole, the rest of the kit, like sure snare, hi hats, clap. It's like the mayonnaise of like beats like i like it but if you put it on everything yeah but it's just it's it like stale you know yeah you nah, know? zach you are talking to two dutch guys like you guys eat your fries with ketchup we eat our fries with mayonnaise that's true like when i make an egg sandwich it has mayonnaise on it and i hate i don't hate 808s but like I don't use 808s a lot, but I use mayonnaise a lot. But also like to, to experiment with it. Like, I don't like pineapple on my pizza. No. But like, As you uh, bacon I mean. and, and syrup go together really very yeah. kind of good. Like, very well. Yeah, there's a personal preference. Yeah. My girl made like macaroni with uh, syrup yesterday. And you think like, that's, that's fucking dumb. It was so fucking good. Yeah. Yeah, for real. Is it sweet? It was like yeah, like what? syrup, like, not like um, maple syrup, but like uh. it's like in I don't know if it's if what the American equivalent is, but it's like stroop, Dutch stroop. It's like it's sort of like syrupy. We put it on our pancakes, but it's not the same as maple syrup. So, um, huh. but it's it's and then if we you went put, from a hip hop podcast to like, to like food channel, <laughs> food channel. Yes. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, but it's it's great. So you, sometimes you gotta experiment a little bit. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Yo, I want to see. Okay, one more food analogy. But like, I want to see like an equivalent of like Gordon Ramsay's Kitchen Nightmares, but it's like hip hop oh, production. Oh, like oh, the dude goes into the studio, and he's like, he puts an 808 to. This one. is shit. <laughs> and he's like, takes the he's oh, like idiot sandwich. Yeah, what does that mean with the idiot sandwich? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are you? An idiot sandwich. Idiot sandwich what? An idiot sandwich, Chef Ramsay. Um, yeah. So this was some um, food for thought. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs>
I, I was trying to do a, like a food and liquor joke with Lupe mm-hmm. Fiasco, but I couldn't. I couldn't pull it off. I'm sorry. It was a fiasco. It was. A <laughs> Man, we're killing it right now. Um. Yeah. So we're talking about production, right? A lot of that. A big part of that is sampling, right? Yeah. And um, I think it's it's cool to talk about sampling because it's probably one of the most misunderstood topics in in music production ever. And, um, and there's so many dimensions that, so many factors that come into play when you're sampling. I want to know, like, well, let's start with Zach. Uh, Zach, how do, you, how do you go about sampling? Like, how do you find your well, samples? Mostly, how do you... Yeah. I mostly do crate digging. I mostly get stuff from vinyl. Yes. And obviously, like, in this day and age, you don't have to do that. But I've just found so many interesting things from doing that and i feel like i've grown a lot as a producer musician etc mm-hmm. just from going to you know whenever i go to austin like there's mm-hmm. a bajillion record stores in austin and i go to at least one and i just spend an entire afternoon just and there's a there's an art to that of, yeah. to crate digging there's that's a whole separate craft of like what do you pay attention out. to Huh? What do you pay attention to? Do you buy stuff you already know, or like particularly stuff I that you? Just, I mean, I usually just go to the bargain bin because it's like I'm not spending that much money. <laughs> like, you know, ten dollars at the most. You know, go to the dollar or the two dollar section. Whatever you know, or maybe go to the section of just like forty five. I've been. I like sampling forty fives. Yeah. More just because it's like there's a couple tracks sucks. Throw it out. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You know. Okay. You're not gonna spend like an hour listening good, to everything. You know, it's just it's quicker. I don't know. I mean, I'm not saying I don't like sampling full LPs because I like doing that too. But I just what did noticed, you get like, when I we? Kinda... Uh, sorry, what do you what what did you get uh, when we were at uh, Amoeba in LA? Oh, I was at the jazz section in Amoeba for yeah. hours. Like that was amazing. That was heaven. Yeah, and I lost you. I literally lost you in there. I was like, wait, where the f- Where's Zach? <laughs> I was I was in heaven. I, I think he went to the bathroom and but, said, um, "I'll be right back." And like an hour later, I'm in the hip hop section. I'm like, "Wait, where is Zach?" Yeah. You know what I mean? And you were still somewhere stuck in the in the mm-hmm. jazz section that was right next to the bathrooms. I I think. Um, yeah, what you? I mean, you usually got a Herbie Hancock. Right? Yeah. Oh yeah, a Herbie Hancock record. I think a couple Herbie Hancock records, mm-hmm. and then. Uh, you know, just looking for names, and that's another skill that we didn't talk about. I guess this goes with sampling, and also just sort of general influences. Like, as a producer, just listening to a lot of music, period. Yeah. Mm-hmm. From a bunch of different genres. Yeah. Is, you know, and just knowing names, because then to whenever find you new go, sounds, yeah. 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 Whether it's on, you know, googling stuff or looking it up on YouTube or crate digging and looking through yeah. record stores, it's like. Like the 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 the, the thing is, you were you were saying like you still like uh, crate digging the most I have yeah. exactly the same thing because YouTube like it has a, a algorithm to it mm. like that's the correct mm. word right so yeah. yeah like when you're looking like um, when you're searching for jazz on YouTube right, you will right. find more jazz but right, like crate right. digging is like okay we, we got like the people who have everything at the same in the same uh, genre like every bin is like jazz yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever but like the 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 most of the dollar bins in europe like they are so random yeah like i've I found a lot of weird crowd rock stuff 
uh, ambient stuff. Uh, and that is German rock, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. But like, yeah. that's the thing with crate digging. Like, there's no algorithm to it. No, you're just drawn to it or not. The algorithm is whatever crap the the record store owner put in that. Exactly. Yeah. So that's what what makes crate digging still so much that's fun to me. That's interesting. I never thought of it that way. But it's like, yeah, <laughs> you can find. You know how you like Abba with like Frank Zappa behind it and like some weird ass German ambient records yeah. with the most insane just, samples ever behind that one. On Spotify, if you go keep going to related artists, yeah, you eventually end up with the artists you started with. Yeah, it's like. Unless you it becomes like a human centipede of like <laughs> one human certain centipede of related <laughs> artists. Yeah, yeah, like <laughs> so that's that's cool. I never thought of it that way because I don't do a lot of I don't do a lot of crate digging. Let's put it that way. The mo most records I buy are very like conscious decisions. I buy a record. It's never really been my approach because um, a lot of my sampling goes from stuff that I just randomly hear. I remember clicking. A video in the on YouTube and then it started auto playing and I just kept it on mm -hmm. in the background and like four tracks later this King Crimson song came on and uh, it was a frame by frame mm -hmm. and uh, like that there was this one guitar loop in there that was just so awesome that I and I didn't really sample at that time but I remembered it and like a year later two years later I was like I didn't have any inspiration to like make a beat yeah. Like, Wait, what was that one song again? I remembered the cover. I remember, remembered it was like a red cover and it was King Crimson. So I just started researching again, found the song, sampled it, and it's one of the tracks that I'm most proud of on my new album that is hopefully coming out this year. Yes. Yeah, like for <laughs> me, like um, it, it might be like part of my autism, but you were talking about covers, like right. covers are very important to me. Like I remember covers, I saw another producer having on his wall or whatever. Like I can go through through bins and be like, oh shit, I remember this, this Pete Rock interview and he had this record on yeah. the background. Like there must be something good on this. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm really into covers and like, sometimes I look at labels, like certain labels, mm. you know, it's oh, like it's, shit. It's Stax or Motown, you know. Yeah, like you gotta yeah. Get that. yeah. Like, you see like, like Blue Note or Verve, boom. Oh, oh CTI. Yeah. yeah. CTI oh, yeah. records, that's <laughs> a lot of good stuff. But like, I, Instant buy. also, yeah. uh, uh, Rio, the guy I work with a lot, like For we have this right? yeah. deal, like we don't buy anything from the 80s. That was like the, the the deal at the beginning. Like, I will buy George Benson, like, all his records that are fine. But when you see the 80s, you know it's just going to be for, like, playing at home, having fun. But not. I'm not going to sample, sample, sample George 80s. Benson in the you, 80s. You like, I'm not going to do that. You can't really sample but 80s music. I, I changed my opinion on that, to be to I be, would argue with that, but to okay. be honest. Like we we will have we will talk about this later on, but like, well, yeah, but when Zach, it comes to crate digging... Zach, you literally... Yesterday or two days ago, you dropped an 8-bit tape, which is like totally 80s. So, I mean... Well, it's 80s I, video game. It's, sure, 80s video influenced, game. Influenced, I would say. Going past... Oh, we are talking about... You were talking about covers. Mm -hmm. And I was in uh, Cleveland a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And I was at a record store, and I was just looking... Like, they didn't have... Especially if they don't have... Um, a record player, like a turntable sitting out where you can, like, use and mm -hmm. stuff. Like, I'll go... Just based on album covers, yeah, and just that'll 
be my decision for what I buy. And I found this one, and it was an 80s album, but it was just the best cover I've ever seen. It was like this dude, he had his shirt off, and a big mustache, <laughs> and a, sac a big tenor saxophone, and there was fireworks coming out of the bell of his hand. Whoa! And there was like this like girl in like lingerie behind him, and he's like, she was like, eh. and like I saw that, and I was like, I'm buying this. I don't even care what's <laughs> on it. Like, have you listened just to that yet? cover? Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty. It's super cheesy, but like, you know, did it have I, I might do something it. with it. Well, did huh? you sample anything off? Did it? you find any good samples on it? I listened to it for a bit. I haven't like actually done anything with mm. it. Just right, right. I wanted to check if it, if there was anything worth sampling. Yeah, I'll, I'll mess with it later. But cool. Yeah, but also, uh, by the way, um, it falls in the category of like uh, the album covers, the liner notes. Oh yeah. Like when I'm looking for samples, I almost like back in the days when I used to sample a lot of soul stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I didn't mind any vocals. Like, oh, that's cool. You can use a vocal chop or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But nowadays, when I'm looking for samples, I almost look for like when it's some weird ambient or or, or psychedelic rock record. I usually just find out if they have vocals on it. Yeah. And if there are mm -hmm. any vocals on it, I'm like, okay, fuck this. If it's all instrumental, you're not. You don't want. I'm buying it. You don't want to sample vocals right now. No. No, no, because I don't want to sam sample like a lot of uh, rock bands with vocals. Like mm -hmm. the most of the the ambient stuff, I'm I'm sampling. Y you really you don't want to have vocals on it because it sounds like Iron Maiden mixed with Vangelis or whatever. Yeah, like it, it it doesn't yeah. work. It's 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 weird. I so that's usually I've never, one thing. I've never been a fan of sampling vocals myself. I don't know, or le at least not lyrics. So I like sampling voices, but mm -hmm. if they're like, you know what I mean? If it's like, like just a melodic idea in yeah. there, but I, I'm not a fan anymore of sampling vocals because it directs, uh, yeah. it, it all, it, it pushes my writing, my lyrics into a certain direction mm -hmm. that I might not want. So unless I'm like, Oh man, this song is perfect for this and that kind of topic, and then the and the vocals come in, and the topic is related. Yeah, like oh shit, that's awesome, right? I mean, I I you recently made like a, a beat which was based on Brooklyn that you made for me. Oh yeah, and obviously yeah, you yeah. sampled like Brooklyn, like you sampled that in there because then it makes sense because it was supposed to be about Brooklyn, right? Exactly. Yeah. But but I don't like like there's there in a way that's like. I know Kanye does that, did that a lot, where, I mean, where the lyrics of the original song inspired the actual song, like Gold Diggers, like that, Through the Wires, yeah, like that, course. you know, all these songs, and those really <laughs> Jesus work. Walks. Jesus, well, Jesus Walks is like, just <laughs> yeah. add drums to it. Exactly. Uh, but, we, we were talking about yeah. that last mm -hmm. week, yeah. Um, but, but um, I, I don't really Jay, like doing that myself. Yeah. Jay Dilla is like the king of doing that, of mm. like taking vocals and. Do it. You know, here we go. Here we go. We're talking about Jay Dilla now. Yeah, uh, but I told Stephen <laughs> about it like last week. <laughs> Me and Stephen were chilling, and I I told him about the the player sample. And mm, yeah, that's brilliant. Like, that that's song brilliant. actually oh, yeah. says Claire, but yeah. like just because of what they are rapping about. Yeah. You really think the same play? Uh, but right, right, right. And then I, I mentioned uh, our latest episode that we, uh, the one, uh, episode 20, I think, we had uh, Martin on, and we were talking about these samples mm -hmm. that um, that are like misinterpreted lyrics. Yeah. So we had 
30 hours, but you know, reinterpreted, I <laughs> yeah. guess. Uh, 30 hours by Kanye West, which yeah. is uh, Where the Lions Go. Um, mm. Baby Lion Goes. No, Where the Islands Go. That's that's the actual line, but then Kanye heard like 30 hours and just made like a whole song called 30 Hours. Yeah. Through the Wire, obviously, which is Through the Fire. And then um, I mentioned Sugar Man, which is You the Man by Nas. Mm, yeah. Right? Mm. So uh, that was so funny because we like, I think think we just dropped that episode or something where i was about to like i just finished the edit and he just out of nowhere says like they say claire it's not player it's claire and it's like but are we Yo. going to sample snitch on on this episode because like <laughs> i want to yeah. i, I want to be the dude who's like i can even tell you the artist who's who who was singing claire because i want to let people know i know my hip-hop samples but sample? i don't want to be like sample snitching i already said like the song is called claire but I, I actually own a lot of records by that group because it is vocal yeah. it is vocal stuff. Yeah. But like, like fuck it. I own a lot of singers unlimited records. <laughs> because like whenever I make a beat and I'm I'm like okay, I need a a, a, a woman in the background like humming something. Yeah. I immediately go to my singers unlimited records because a lot of that stuff it really has words to it, but it yeah. also has a lot of yeah, just like humming. like just humming, yeah. and that's perfect for sampling. So yeah, little nugget of, of, <laughs> of, of, of information. I think there's something to say. There's a difference whenever you're trying to figure out sampling. Like you listen to the record when you're listening to a record that you want to sample. You're listening to it differently as yeah. opposed to if you're just listening to yeah. it for. Yeah. Just cause, you're not you know. even really enjoying it in a way. Well, it depends. <laughs> it's a different kind of enjoyment. Let's put yeah, it that it way. Is. Yeah, it is. Like I've been, and I through that, it's you might not even listen to records that you would normally listen to, nope. that, or records you'd particularly like. But there's yeah. there might be a thing that you really like. Like I mentioned that I was in Austin not too long ago, yeah. and I found this 45 of this. This it was some like Lou Reed knockoff group <laughs> or something and it was just kind of like I was listening to it I was like ah this is kind of shitty I don't think I'm gonna get it but then there was a drum break at the very end and I was like oh there it is there it is like and like the rest of the track was like really boring but then there's and I was like boom there it is buying it like there we go <laughs> that's dope yeah that's dope yeah exactly cause like I mean the favorite genre of music for me to listen to is hip hop you can't sample hip hop, not really. It's oh. gonna be corny. I mean, no, J. J. No, Cole no. tried sampling Kanye. No, no. I, I, I I'm <laughs> not sure if good. I sample hip hop, but like, I mean, you might sample like a little bit, but it's like an obvious nod. Like, yeah, I think at one point for a beat, I'm never gonna put out. I sample. Damn, it feels good to be a gangster. Like, like you know. Oh, so like, we're talking about vocal bits. Now. Yeah, that, that, but like. Yeah, okay, but like Zach was, uh, uh, or or you were saying at at the beginning of the episode, like, yeah, we're talking about hip hop beats, so we're talking about sampling, but you, 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 you're kind of skipping like a whole group of people who are not sampling uh, uh, while making beats. Sure. Like there are a lot of people playing uh, synthesizers with yeah, sure. for their beats and stuff. Sure. And those groups, like, you can actually sample. You can sample those, yeah. Like, I sample a lot of weird ambient stuff also from 2017 or 18. Like, I don't mind, but that's a whole nother 
conversation like probably will yeah that's true get to later on but i, I remember I, uh, I remember lupe hard. fiasco sampling for the i think it was the his his black album i forgot what it was called um but he had a song on there where he sampled troy by p rock and seal smooth yeah but technically he sampled he didn't sample troy he sampled the original sample yeah yeah but it was like an homage to uh to troy and uh, to their reminisce over you. Yeah, but that's what but you, it was really yeah. like nobody really liked that track. Like, why are you doing that? Why would you yeah, sample something that was already sampled? Exactly, it's just Troy. It, it, it's weird, and um, and I think that's, that's a, yes, that's, that's a good point. Um, if you read Joseph Schloss's book, yeah, uh, making, making beats, beat, yeah, art of yeah. sample based hip hop, he talks about like there's a, you know the, kind of the the rules, quote mm-hmm. unquote. Of you know, bee making one of them is like not sampling from no, or not you, biting. You know, another first producer. Rules, no biting. Yeah. I cannot stand type beat producers. Ooh. If you put a beat on YouTube or SoundCloud and it says Jay Dilla type beat, Nine Wonder type beat, or like these days like Wiz Khalifa type beat. There's a special. Oh, what's going on? Like right. a little Uzi Fur type yeah. beat. I don't like oh, that because then I'm like, you're not making. I think it your was own. Uh, yeah. Shit. I think it was genius. They did a, a video on, on the their YouTube beats. channel about yeah, that type beats. That. Yeah, and it puts you know upcoming producers in in a weird corner because it's like if they want to make you know a decent amount of money or get yeah. any type of attention, like yeah. that helps them. Yeah, of course. So it's like, but then it brings them know, no longevity. Not exactly. And that's true. Though. Like, that's that's the problem though. Because, like, you know, the, the reason they call it that is because aspiring rappers who might yeah. be listening here as well are looking for, because they're just looking for beats, yeah. right? Yeah. They just want to record, which is cool. I, all, I'm all for that, right? But they're like, I want to make a song that sounds like Kendrick. Yeah. Kendrick Lamar type beat. That's literally what they Google. Yeah. So, like... It's a smart business it's, it's, thing, yeah. but... I don't like producers like when you go to the SoundCloud page and it's all Kendrick type beat and blah 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 type beat blah 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 type beat. Like exactly. I'm the I'm the kind of shit. asshole who's like I want to hear the you type beat. Yeah, it it's remi- like give me it something that's me, you. I was like at like a listening session for beats is like this. What was it like beats? Like this event in Rotterdam, I think they. Oh yeah, Rotterdam beats. Yeah, I, no, it wasn't that, but it was anyway. It was something like that where you could pitch your beats to like. it's cool in a way but like they responded to some of my music saying it doesn't sound like i guess it was in 2014 or something it doesn't sound like 2014 i'm like bitch it's not supposed to sound like 2014 it's supposed to sound like 2024 you know what that's the whole fucking point it's not supposed to sound like the fucking shit that's out there already because that shit is out there already i want to make something else if you like it or not, that's cool. Save you. Just tell me yeah, you don't but, like but it. Don't a, tell me it doesn't sound like 2014 because it's not supposed to sound like that. No, you but this I mean? is it's a dangerous su- sub, uh, uh, subject because it's more a marketing thing. Yeah. It's, it's not really a, a music thing. It's, it's a marketing thing. Yeah. But yeah. I, I got triggered because you said, like, the number one rule is no biting. And yeah. And then, to me, it... it it, it, it hits like it, the, it's, the, the it's biting. approaching the boundaries approaching of, of full yeah. on full blown biting. Yeah. Obviously, there's a gray area when we talk about you know rules because at the end of the day, and I, I this is like my motto for life. 
is that there's <laughs> I firmly believe that there's no wrong way to make music. Exactly. Like you can make music. I don't have to like it, obviously, but um, like there's no sure. wrong way, especially like when you watch all these production tutorials and stuff. There's mm-hmm. a million different ways people make beats. Yeah, they'll yeah. do it on their phone. They'll do it on you know Pro Tools and Big Ass Studio. Fucking like Dibiase, I think that's um, yeah, his name right. Yeah. He made fucking beats on like a cassette tape or something. I don't even know how yeah. that's possible. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, there's no wrong way to make beats. So whenever we say like, oh, you know, you know, you should do this, you should do that. It's like, well, that's not like a that's not written in stone. No. So. Okay. Well, it's, it's, we're it hitting, might be good advice, but it's not. Yeah. Of course. Yeah, we're hitting a couple of points right now that I like. I knew I was going to to put in this podcast. Like the number one rule when you start making music is that like oh you start making hip hop beats. Madlib said it like in an interview. Like he doesn't care what he's sampling. Oh. Like he he, he sampled uh, uh, Africa from from Toto on on <laughs> one of his like Jizzle remixes. And you hear Jizzle spinning over it, and it's amazing. Like mm-hmm. he was the first hey, man, dude. The original is crazy too. Of course, but like he was the first <laughs> dude 80s. who really went for it and just said like I sample everything. Yeah. Like, why shouldn't I sample Celine Dion? If Celine Dion has some heat, yeah. sample Celine Dion. Like, oh, did you see he was that the Deadpool first clip? dude who just went for it. Did you see that Deadpool video for Celine Dion? No. No, you didn't see that? No. Yo, but I gotta like, show you that after we okay. record. But like, I really fire. loved it when Madlib said that because Madlib is like held to such a standard. Like, Madlib is, is beat god, and I love his music, but when he said Madlib that, there was, like, yeah. there was like such an important moment. To me, because I was like, oh shit, he, he, he's like, he's telling the truth. I can sample Depeche yeah. Mode if I want to. Yeah. It's 80s, but like, <laughs> if I want to, I can sample Depeche Mode. Yeah. I can sample the Smiths. I can sample anything I want. And, yeah. and that's, that's yeah. like, Mad Lib really opened. Like, when I was young and started making beats like 13 years ago, everybody was like, yeah, when you start making beats, you sample Motown. Like that was the the first thing you sure. go to. You start sampling soul because yeah. it was the college dropout era and like the the old Madlib stuff. So everybody was like, yeah, just listen to some Diana Ross, Supremes, and like Marvin Gaye, and like like it was loop that shit, pitch it, loop up. it, pitch it up, put, put the drum under it, and, and bam, and like you're, you're done. done. Yeah. <laughs> but like that's the way like almost every. Hip hop hey, producer that samples cool he, he sound, starts. But that's, oh, that's yeah. the I was, uh, I'm, I'm kind of sta- sample snitching on myself. <laughs> but, um, you know, on my news P tape that we mentioned earlier, I, uh, there's bounce, a bounce, right? Yeah, eight, eight, eight bit bounces, bounces, yes. Yeah. But, um, there's a snare sound that he used. Um, I feel weird. I'm like, oh god, I'm telling on myself. Whatever. <laughs> um, it was from uh, the Superfly soundtrack by Curtis Mayfield. Oh, Curtis yeah. Mayfield. But there was like, it was towards the end of the, because I, I found it on vinyl not too long ago and it was really cheap and I was like, fuck yeah, Superfly soundtrack. Um, mm-hmm. I was listening to it just because, and then like towards the end of the, I think the A side, there was just this like, like snare, like just thwack, like before like it started a. They started the track, and I was like, yo, 
Got that that, that one sounds killer. Yeah. And I like, you know, turned on my machine and I was like, all right, let's go. Like, uh, Zach, what is that? I mean, the Superfly sand- soundtrack, I think pretty much every second of that has been sampled. I mean, pretty much, yeah. Of but, course. What was the Beastie Boys track? It's um, on Paul's boutique, so you have to know it because you presented a paper on it. <laughs> I pre- it was on one track, though, so I don't remember the rest of the tracks. Uh, uh, I think it was one track, yeah. Man? I think it was Eggman. Wait. I'm a, it was like the very the beginning of it, and I was like, here. "Oh, that's Curtis Mayfield." This is this is terrible. We're like sample snitching, but we're, oh, no. we we love it so much. So it's not sample snitching; it's just talking about samples. It was Paul's boutique, right? I got it here. Yeah. Let me see. Of course, the soundtrack isn't on the cover. Soundtrack. Uh, the, the, the track, track list yeah, isn't yeah. on the cover. Yeah, it's Eggman. Eggman. Oh yes, yeah. Exactly. Yes. But what's Don't what's our opinion on sample snitching? For me, it really depends. Like, if it's like, if, if the dude, if it's a, if, if it's a beat that's like really old, like I don't feel as bad for sample snitching for Paul's Boutique. That's an album that's thirty years old. If you don't know, <laughs> it's sample like, <laughs> like that album's older than me. Like, I don't feel yeah. bad. Um, but if it's like, let's say it's like an up and coming producer or someone that's trying to, you know, you know, and their beats are really good. Like Evie, example for example, like her beats are killer. But like, I don't feel like I'm sample snitching. Like I don't, I wouldn't want to do that to her or any like sort of lo-fi producer that's kind of more underground like that. That would be kind of I weird. Like, if I was yeah, just like, I think I think this is sample snitching. This is an important part uh, of sampling, and it's the most complicated part. Like, it opens Pandora's box on mm-hmm. sort of hip hop production in a way. One, the fact that people who don't get hip hop still think sampling is stealing, which yeah. I don't think it is at all. I think it's re- repurposing something that is already out there, and I feel like. I feel like proper stealing is doing the same chords and the same melody as an existing song and and pretending it's your own. There's never been a producer who sampled who was like, no, 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 I made that myself. Nah, that's not. You might not be. You know what I mean? There's nobody's ever said that. When it comes to when it comes to that argument, to me, it's like I'm just not having that argument anymore with people. Mm No, I'm just not. To I'm me, it's like that's someone saying like, "Hey, yo, the Earth is flat." Debate me. I'm like, no, yeah. what? I'm not gonna debate you. There's like, there's no there's way no of me to. winning. I'm already right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I really wanna uh, uh, talk about samples, like especially in this episode, because yeah. I just love sampling. I just love talking love about art, like, oh, Zach, I found uh, the original song to like this beat from dead and dead artists and like yeah. it's so awesome because when you listen to it like i really like talking about it but love these that. days i mean yo it has become it. a thing so we could do this like just the three of us talking on skype i mean but on a podcast it's kind of like a difficult thing and it's, it's i mean too like bad. last last weekend like we hung out oh yeah man. fish tacos which were amazing shout out to it's another cooking part of this episode. It's My great. fish tacos are the shit. I just made it for the second time and I Sam love them. Shit, they're really dope. Okay, anyway, but but like basically the whole night we spent like figuring out samples. We came across this. What was the cover of Inagata de Vida? Figured out. Hey, wait, that's a Nas sample. And it's like it, it was like the whole night was like a sample. Who sampled? Sort of session. Yeah, but we didn't know because we were listening to like another song on that bracket. Yeah, and I was like, Yo, listen to this. It's Super amazing. I was like, yo, like, that's, that's the Nas this. sample, right? Yeah, yeah, and then we were turning the record around and we were like, oh shit, is this a Nas sample? Yeah. Yes, it is. Like, oh fuck. Spin it back, listen to but it that, again. But like, that's, the, that's the important part, because like, 
culturally speaking, sampling is not stealing. Sampling is repurposing something, mm-hmm. right? This is where it gets tough. Legally, it's stealing. Yeah. Right? So legally, if you want to sample something and you want to sell it, I mean, you might get lucky. You might sell, you might put your beats out, put them on Spotify. It's like, put them on SoundCloud, put them on YouTube, whatever, right? Everybody does that. So if you're an aspiring producer and you want to do this for a living and you yes. want to sell your beats to other artists, what if, what if it does become a hit record, right? And you didn't clear the sample. You're not going to make any money off it. Actually, you're gonna get sued, probably, right? If you're, you know what I mean. And and, and that can, and that, I mean, obviously, if you're just like a bedroom producer doing this for fun, you're not gonna be concerned with clearing your samples. Worst no. that can happen, somebody's gonna take it down. But if you want to do this as a professional beat maker, professional producer, sample rights, like copyright, all all those things are especially relevant and. Um, like we've talked about, we, we had Eric Sermon on, we've on the show, um, he's one of the, um, he's one of the, uh, um, people behind or supporting Traglip, right? Another one oh, is, yeah, I have to, 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 to like give Eric Sermon a shout out. What up Eric Sermon? Because he, yeah, <laughs> he shouted me out. Yeah, he gave you so a shout out. So I'm going to be the asshole oh, yeah. Um, but I love the episode, but I know where you're going. You're going to the track. Yeah, list. he's he's yeah. a and uh, Mr. Green is a is a track lip supporter. Mm-hmm. Um, you introduced me to him because uh, you had him at uh, home base once. Yeah, uh, who, because he was DJing for Ari the Rugged Man. Yes. and Afro, and um, and then you introduced me to him, and we hung out a bit at his Brooklyn apartment. I'm not going to say where, but it's a fucking awesome view. Um, He's a, a track lip supporter as well. Prince Paul. Prince Paul is a pr- track lip supporter. Yeah. Um, and that and that brings me to track lip, which because if you're an aspiring producer and you've never even thought about sample rights, sample clearance, it's pretty much impossible for somebody just making beats without a lawyer. If you're not on a label, if you're independent, if you don't have a team of lawyers, whatever. It's so difficult to get your samples cleared. It's mm-hmm. nearly impossible. Yeah. Right? So the you run the risk of getting a hit record and then like finally getting that hit record that you've been striving for for years and then not making any money money off it because the rights weren't cleared and you're going to get sued. Yeah. Right? So the and Tracklip is really cool in that sense because they have like a sample library and before you start making the track, you already know what it's going to cost you to clear it. And it's depending on sort of the, the, um, how do you say it? Um, how much you use of the sample. How, depending like on how much you use and how, how expensive the track is, like how, uh, wait, Zach, you looked it up. I think it's yeah, $50 yeah. Well, for the basic level. Because, like, I, I, I added myself to the email list back in the days. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I saw, like, you can buy a track for, like, $199. But, like, mm-hmm. you still yeah, have you to... Yeah, you buy the track for $199 like it's on yeah. You buy the master recording, yeah. You buy the That's... master recording like it's on iTunes. Yeah. Right? And then, uh, so you just get the song. And then if you want to... And you make turn it into a beat, you want to license it. And then it depends on how much of the song you use, how many seconds of the loop okay. or whatever... Or and how um, how expensive the song itself is. So they have most of their songs, I guess, are like fifty bucks to license them. 
Oh, shit. Class C. They put them in a different class. Yeah, class A, B, and C. C is the least. So, class C's, that's like 25, 50 bucks. Yeah. Something like that. Okay, but what is class A? Is like class A. I think a couple thousand. But that's like sampling. That's like uh, That's like sampling Nina Simone kind of people. Okay, yeah. but what like the weird uh, uh, Turkish funk. That's gonna be class C. Okay. Right. So what? What that means? That's is where that, I'm at. So. Right. So if you get that, <laughs> like everything in terms of rights is is arranged, like how the percentage that the original artist gets, the percentage that you mm-hmm. get. Yeah, right. you're safe, but also with those people behind it, you're pretty sure you're gonna get some awesome samples. Yeah, also, yeah. So, I mean... As well, like... Uh, they're not paying us yet, so we're not gonna advertise too much for this. <laughs> this is just shamelessly plugging them. Shamelessly plugging well, I, a really cool platform that is... I mean, yeah. and it's I'm growing. thinking about it. Like, I, I heard about it on... I saw it on YouTube, I guess, or on Prince Paul's Facebook. Yeah. And I started following it, so so I, I know sort of what's going on with Tracklib, but but I'm it's it is a nice option, like next to Cray Digging, like but like what if I uh, sample a track from this record on vinyl? Sure. And it's on Tracklib. I'm pretty sure you could get that. Can I get the rights? Uh, you'll, you'll but you have just to buy it for $1.99 and then have to go boom. through Tracklib, buy it for $1.99. Yeah. Okay. Okay, like, okay but I'm pretty sure you can. You, uh, um, yeah, search their library if they have any of your actual samples that you. Yeah, use. exactly. And like see, I'm, and see I'm if anything's in there. Like, yeah. like I mean. Yeah. So here, here's what you can do. What's cool about Tracklib? I'm just shamelessly plugging them. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. You can get real specific with what you want. Like, say you're like real, th- and I don't. You know. I'm sure y'all have run into this before, where it's like you want a specific sound, but you don't exactly know. Yeah. And you want it to be a sample. Like you yeah. could play some piano chords, and it would sound okay. But it's like you're not a professional, and you want something that sounds real, authentic. you know, maybe like old yeah. school. Yeah, and authentic. So like, what you could do, it's like, okay, I want some keyboard stuff, 85 to 100 BPM. Let's say key of A minor. You know, from maybe something recent. So Wait, what? I can add the keys yeah, to you it? you can add the key. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh you can search God. the BPM and the key. So you can literally... Oh, my God. You might be in a situation where you've got like an 85 BPM track in C yeah. minor. And you're like, shit, it needs a little something. You can literally go on Tracklip, type in the key, <laughs> and search... For, and just scroll through until you find something. Dude, remember, like, DJ Premier was in this interview talking about, like, sometimes I don't make beats for, like, three weeks or three months because I'm looking for this one sample, like, I know is gonna yeah. be perfect for this track. Like, now we have track limb, but yeah. we can just... What I just said, like, you know, I looked up jazz sample, 8500 BPM, mm-hmm. you know, A minor, and look, Piano Jam 3. Boom, like Damn, that's <laughs> exactly yeah. what I want. So it's crazy, man. Yeah. That is dope. I really like that I, part. You know what? Fuck it. I'm, I'm gonna start. I'm just gonna buy that right now. <laughs> <laughs> you're an asshole I'm just, I'm because I was around, like, wait, that's actually really dope. <laughs> yeah, you're an asshole because I was listening to it like, okay, I could I could I could I could, this. I could flip this. Exactly. <laughs> like I'm buying this right now. Like we should start our own kick knowledge remember, podcast re- battles. Remember <laughs> what we said about no biting? I'm first. <laughs> <laughs> No, but that is really cool. I think. I but think how that's, big is the library? Like, like I'm sorry for interrupting you. I'm like, not exactly sure. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sure. I'm, I know that they're constantly expanding. I think they put. It. 
a number on their Twitter or something that like it started out maybe I think just like a couple hundred tracks and now it's like in the thousands. Yeah. Yeah. Like, they're they're really. It's so big, like you don't have to worry about everybody's using the same sample because there are only like fifty so- tracks no, on there. And the longer it's gonna, no, exactly, no. Okay. You're not gonna end up with like all track lip subscribers being like, I got this fire. Oh shit! Uh, shit people, like, yeah, no, yeah. probably not. Same thing on YouTube also, like, when you look for like uh, jazz fusion samples, you find this playlist. Jazz fusion sample. Yeah, and Every everybody sampled click, that. Yeah. Everybody's like, oh, I already used this one. And like, no, I made a better beat. Like, what I really like is there is like playlists for artists. Yeah. Like, Eric Oh, yeah, that's had, the best thing. Eric Sermon had like a sample playlist. It's cool to like hear what some of your favorite producers think exactly. is good music. And it might inspire you to like look beyond those lists, but. Dude, Mr. Um, Green did one. Yeah. Right? Like yeah, I saw did. it on Instagram. Yeah, I got that notification too. Yeah, yeah. like Green did one and like I don't wanna buy this. Yeah, Green's shout out to Aaron man, style. he's great. Yeah, like I don't wanna buy this style, but it's like I know dude has a great ear, so it, it should be interesting listening to what he has what to What he's picked out, yeah. Yeah. Because like the whole Life from the Streets thing he did and is still doing is amazing. Like yeah, sure. I remember him and Groninger just like going up to, to like uh street artists. And just talking to them, yeah. recording some stuff, making beats with it, like it's amazing. Yeah, I guess I guess we want to talk about a lot more than just sampling. Yeah, but I mean that's sort of the crutch of sampling, right? The moment you start want to, the moment you want to start making money of sample music, you get into this legal stuff. And at least with Tracklip, I mean, you can sort of crate dig on their in their library, and, yeah, it's and at like least you know crazy. what you're anyway. up. At least you know from the start. If I do this, if I sample this and I make a fire beat, I'm gonna legally, I'm gonna be able to legally yeah, sell I'm it. Safe. I'm safe. Yeah, which is a very nice feeling because right now I'm rapping on my album and I'm not a side. I'm an independent artist. I'm not doing this for a living. This is just a side thing that I love doing music. But and I'm nervous actually that some of my tracks might get taken down. Dude, I was nervous about going on Spotify until Zach did it. I'm releasing it on cassette tapes. Like I'm only releasing <laughs> 50 cassette tapes. Like nobody's messing around with me. But like it is possible, and I think Tracklip is like a, a nice way of of taking the extra step. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, totally. I mean, I want to talk about a lot more. We, we, Zach and I, we both use Machine as our... Mm. We use different controllers. Oh my God. So I know you use Machine, and I'm pretty sure you use Ableton as well. But you also mentioned like stuff on your apps on your phone. I use Cubase. Uh, I think Frank uses FL Studio. Yeah. So we... I just, I don't know. Like, let, let's start with, let's start with Frank. What, Why? How do you, how do you make your, are you want to start with Zach? No, no, no. Because like the thing is I'm using FL Studio and you still, we, we, like us people who use FL Studio, us producers still get a lot of hate for using FL Why? Studio. I, I don't give a FL fuck Studio about it. FL Studio is dope as fuck. Yeah. Like I, like I started working with it when I was like 13 years ago and I'm just used to it, but um, yeah. I think that's the biggest thing, though. It there's pros and cons to all kinds of software out there. Let's yeah. About, one, we didn't mention this. DAWs, DAWs, digital audio workstation. Digital yeah. audio workstation. Like, I even digital had to look it up when you were like when we were yeah. talking about this episode. You were like, "Yeah, we're gonna talk about DAWs." And I'm like, 
Shit, what is DOS? Yeah, what is DOS? Like, I've been producing for for a long time. Let's look this up. (laughs) Google, what is DOS? (laughs) (laughs) But the the important thing is there's pros and cons to all all these programs. Yeah, like... The most important thing is workflow and how familiar mm, you are with them. I go back to Ninth Wonder. Like, it's not about the machine. It's about the guy behind the machine. Like, he was telling people, like, it doesn't matter. Like, it's about the dude behind it. And yeah, so I, I use FL Studio, um, but I use it in a lot of different ways, I guess. Sometimes you use the core pad control. Mm-hmm. But my favorite like weapon is like the, 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 the MIDI control, like the big keyboard. Yeah. Like the big piano, like it works perfectly you like for me. You samples to the, to the keys? Yeah, but okay, like this is a, like, this is why we're doing this episode because we want to nerd out. Yeah. I do not have like one um, way of making beats. Not a single workflow. No, no, no. I, I started out looping, of yeah. course. Then I went to chopping. So when I started chopping, I was using the cork nano pad, the pad control, etc. Yeah, so chopping means taking a sample, not just slicing loop, it up, but slicing individual sequences exactly. and replaying them so that making my own melodies out exactly. of other melodies or your own rhythms or rhythms, etc. Yeah. yeah. So these days I'm like, um, I just found out how to stretch samples. So this is like, might sound stupid to a lot of people, but <laughs> way back in the days I was hating on people who were like, yeah, I'm stretching my sample so I can make everything fit. I was like, that's just lazy beat making. <laughs> I'll keep chopping it up for like two weeks and I get that melody that I want. You suck with your lazy stretching. But then I found <laughs> out about stretching and like, I was sampling a lot of uh, Ethiopian music and it's like very mm, big. It has like no quantizing at all. It's yeah. like very messy. Yes, and when I started stretching, I noticed like my production value went up. So why? What happened? Because now I could do like anything I have in mind. Uh. Like I can do anything. Like if, if I... So everything. Do you, do, you, like, do you stretch like do you... Uh pitch down so it goes slower you just no dude like so you time stretch but you keep the pitch similar i'm chopping off samples and i'm like okay because um i want this note to be my like um Mm -hmm. end note or whatever yeah sure like i wanted to end the loop on this note but it's like but it's very small yeah it's very small there's like a little thing behind it like a little snare from the original sample yeah so i just chop it before the snare stretch it out turn the pitch back to the way it was Ah. so then it's stretching the sample so it fits in that like um beat or whatever yeah and it doesn't affect the pitching because yeah because there, there's two ways of like making something go uh making a sample last longer or or go faster exactly. like and back in the one, days you used to chop it and like yeah or well i guess there's three ways because i was going to say the one way is pitching the if you pitch something up it's going to be faster or if you if you speed something up the pitch is going up exactly and if you uh, slow something down, the pitch is going down. Mm-hmm. But if you want to keep it in the same key, in the same sort of keep, have it be the same pitch. Yeah, you can time stretch stretch it, and then the computer sort of fills in the blanks. Exactly. Um, which sometimes 
sometimes it doesn't work. You get like these weird artifacts. Right? Yeah. You get like these computery noises, but mm -hmm. sometimes it really works well. Like I'm really just getting used to it. Like right now it works and yeah. I'm grabbing these samples that I used to like mess around with for like a couple of weeks and I'm like, fuck it, it's not gonna work. Yeah. Like forget about it, I'm not gonna do this. Yeah. Right now I'm doing it and it like it really upped the ante. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm going at it. up at your workflow, too. Yeah, and especially with layering. Like, sometimes I'm still just chopping beats and uh, chopping samples, uh, messing around with the pad control, but you, you hear this certain layer, like, oh, I wish I could use this string or, like, this sitar from yeah. this, this track. And, like, I can just time stretch it now and chop it up until it really works and fits. And... There's this one thing I've been doing now for a while. Oh, that's really cool. Like I'm, I think like, I, I think I know what you're gonna say. I don't want to. I don't want to talk about it because it's like I've given away one of my number secret, one. Yeah. That's a real secret. secret but it's I want to really share dumb. it because to me, I'm not about like, oh, it's my thing. Fuck you. Like you don't. You should not know about this. I'm not about that at all. Like I want to share the knowledge. I want to kick the knowledge. So I'm just gonna tell you this right now. I was, um, I cannot play piano, so I'm terrible at playing bass lines, etc. Right. So I'm always, like, I'm really sample-based. Every now and then I start playing something and, like, get a piano tutorial, start playing some... <laughs> I started playing Herbie Hancock and my friends were like, yeah, that's the right way to start. Like, play <laughs> yeah. Herbie Hancock, so you asshole. <laughs> Yeah, but like I'm, I'm always sampling, 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 sampling. So anyway, I was. That should be the name of the the episode. Sampling, sampling, sampling. sampling, sampling. sampling. <laughs> I, I started sampling this song and I really loved it. And I was like, okay, but it's missing a bass line. What to do next? And this is why I'm like, I don't want to be the producer anymore, the beat maker. That's like I'm only chopping. Like only chopping is real, or like only looping is real. Yeah. I'm using. Everything I've learned in these last 13 years. Yeah, so I need a baseline what to do. I have this little acoustic guitar Literally like even though I sampled the guitar from final or whatever I go on YouTube and start looking for covers This dude who's like like making tutorials how to play Sitting on the top of, uh, like, sitting on the dock of the dock of the bay, of yeah. the bay like playing it on the bass. I'm sampling that dude. There you go. <laughs> little time stretching, little chopping. And I get his bass line, put it underneath the sample, and I got my bass line. So oh, I started messing around with that because I'm always looking yeah. for like other ways to fill up the beats because I don't play piano at all. I think it's really cool because like. I got some insane shit yeah. this way. Like people playing Beatles songs or whatever. Like I'm just like picking some ideas. Uh, like <laughs> dude playing a Beatles song on, on, on a xylophone or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you can go. YouTube is amazing that There's way. So much shit. Like there, yeah. all these people who like singing covers from like. Look at me, I'm in my bedroom singing an Erica Badu song. Like, if that girl has an amazing voice and she does like a uh, or yeah, you can take uh, that or whatever, yeah. like, and I yeah. can sample that, that's awesome. So, like, these days I'm layering beats with like all these YouTube cover 
or tutorial yeah, that's, songs. That's cool. That is cool. And I like I that's made a crazy thing. Yeah. I made two beats, Zach. Like I'm not gonna spill the beans on this episode, okay. but I can send it to you. Like one song, I used this acoustic guitar and stuff. I got a bass sample from a dude who was playing the bass on YouTube. Yeah. I got a piano cover from the song, and I all filled it up, put some drums underneath it, and it became like this amazing beat. And it's it sounds really like really I have dope. this whole band playing this song, but it's just all cover versions and the original sample That's chopping really them cool. up. Yeah, the only way to do that is with time stretching, because they're never going to be in the same BPM. Exactly. So, like, yeah, yeah I yeah. have different workflows, but that's my workflow at the moment. Right now, yeah. That's the stuff you did last week, basically. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm in love with it. Like, That's cool. Like, we don't have a studio at this moment, so we're just moving. Yeah. So, I haven't been making beats for a while. And, like, this last week, I've been taking my time, like, opening the laptop and grabbing the, really the pad control. Yeah. Start yeah. tapping that's out cool. some beats again. For me, like, nice. I, I use machine... To make my beats, but then I arrange my tracks in Cubase. Mm. Right, so I sample everything. Basically, all the musical stuff happens in um, in in machine software or Machina, I guess, because it's German. Machina. Um, and what what I do is I, I once I'm like like I record my vocals and stuff like that in Cubase, right? I do yeah. my final mixing in Cubase, um, my the arranging, all that stuff. Um, all of that's in Cubase. The thing is, Cubase, I don't think Cubase is the best program for hip-hop beats. I'm pretty sure mm. that Ableton is better. Is is more suited for hip-hop beats, for loop-based stuff. Mm. And in terms of... The thing is, though, like... I'm used to Cubase. My dad, like, his home studio is at Cubase for as long as I can remember. He was on Atari first. Like, <laughs> and then when he made the switch to more modern stuff, it was Cubase. Cubase 3, I guess. Right? Yeah. It's like, like, he got that in 2003. So mm. ever since, like, as just as a kid, just hanging around, seeing what my dad did in the studio, starting to make some, some music in the studio as well, it was always... Um, it was always in Cubase and the reason I'm still hanging out in Cubase and the reason I edit our podcast in Cubase is because I'm most familiar with Cubase yeah. right and, and, and it doesn't yeah. matter there's, if it's the no perfect wrong, you know. software it ma matters if it's the software that you're used to that works for you so uh, Frank talking about like what was it uh, FL Studio getting shit well yeah. Ninth Wonder won Grammys <laughs> using FL Studio yeah right um, and, and that's that's but that's this the... is a hip hop thing, Stephen. Like, sorry to interrupt you, but like, I have been talking to guys in, in Groningen, like the city where we're from, yeah. And like, they were like, Yeah, I love your music, but you should make it on an MPC, like, you should get yourself an MPC because you're not real if you're not using the MPC. Like, it's it's tools. Like the the thing you you gotta remember is that in the end, it do, it doesn't matter how you got there. It ain't where you're from; it's where you're at. Yeah. You know. Shout out to Rakim. You know. But like, <laughs> shout out to the conference in Cambridge. Yeah. If there is anyone like listening to this podcast right now, like wondering, should I start with making beats and whatever, like. Just, just go for what you think fits you yeah. best. You know what? It, like start, like Zach exactly. said before we started recording. 
if you have an iPhone or whatever, like a mobile phone, get an app, start making beats. Like, Yo, start, just, you know, just you're, go you're so right. for it and like see if it works for you. If you yeah. like the, the vibe yeah. of it, like totally. don't worry about buying the most expensive stuff. I see a lot of kids like, yeah, I'm gonna make beats, so I bought myself an MPC. Like you don't know how to work an you MPC. Don't even know how to so, on, yeah. man. Just like, get fucking. I don't want to diss my own homies, but Rewood has. Like an NPC sitting in his fucking bedroom for like three years and he still hasn't used it. Yeah. He's still working on FL Studio. Like, because he why knows would it you better. Do that? Exactly. Yeah, because he knows FL Studio. He knows how Wait, to. Wait, wasn't Eric Sermon saying that he's still working on his shit that he used in the 90s too? Oh, yeah, his little uh, motif. Yeah. His keyboard. Right. Yeah. We talked about yeah. that. Yeah. You know what? It's. All right, so you. We've done a, a bunch of food analogies here. Like, this is a different kind of analogy outside of music. Um, you know how sometimes people like, oh, they want to get in shape, right? So they want to start running. So they buy like running shoes for $200. Yes. And they buy like a running watch for $300 yes. with like GPS tracking. Ago. <laughs> yeah. And they, and they yeah. buy like, like uh, um, I don't know, like these Nike shirts that get like the perfect like... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever, like everything. And then they run once, right? Mm. And then, But they spent like $600. Bitch, start running. Just start running. If you like it, it, buy the shit, right? Just yeah. like start with basic shit. See if it, if it, if it's something for you, and if you see if you're reaching the limitations of the software or the or the equipment, get it, upgrade, right? But just just start. Yeah, but this is what's cool about like making beats. Like it's not like hip hop or making beats is like a lesser art form or no, whatever. Not at all. But like Steven said, like you have this machine that fits in your bag. Yeah. Like, I can go on a vacation, get inspired wherever I'm at, open my laptop, yeah. grab my pad control, and start making beats. Yo, it's had, like artwork. Like, it's art, and you can do it. I was it. in the U.S. for six months. I couldn't ca carry anything. I couldn't carry a keyboard. I couldn't carry exactly. all, this, all like a fucking home studio. I had my laptop, and I had my machine, Mark II Micro, which both fit in my in my backpack right yeah that was my whole studio for half a year i made a, a, a bunch of dope beats like yeah, but let's celebrate the fact that that it is works. possible yeah, that it's possible and instead and of being like where it's affordable too yeah it's like the computer you already have the computer for work or for fun or whatever you already have the laptop probably and then the machine micro cost me like 300 bucks yeah well that's it and i can make like i can make productions that are that are the only limitation is me. But even with that, like 300 bucks, you already made some beats. You knew you were into it. You yeah. knew, like, if it's I'm true. going to buy this, I'm going to use yeah. this. Like, oh, for real. You, like, when I started making beats, I was only using, like, FL Studio on a laptop. Yeah. It took me five or six years before I started buying, like, pad controls and, and MIDI synthesizers or keyboards yeah, or whatever. Yeah, because you ran into situations where I'd love to do this and you didn't have the tools for that. Exactly. So, exactly. exactly. Um, yeah. yeah. No, go ahead. Um, go ahead. I'll just say, like, I guess start chronologically from, like, how I started making beats. Because right. it was, like... In the beginning. This was almost three years was ago. And I just bought, like, I was at Guitar Wait, Center. Wait, like, Three years ago? Yeah. This is, yeah. This is me. You right? started making beats yeah, three let's, years let's ago. Let's not get into that. This I dude also has, like, I, got a bunch of dope yeah. beat tapes out. He started three years ago. Son of a dude, I started 13 years ago. I haven't <laughs> released shit, like two cassette tapes and, like, one online beat tape. Hey, man, that's not shit. That's dope. 
Yondo. Damn, like well, you, you're doing some amazing stuff for someone well, who's been you. making beats for three years. But I, you know, when I started, it's like I just bought like an Akai um, for those 25 keys, little MIDI keyboards. Yeah. And it was on sale at Guitar Center for like 50 bucks. And I was like, I guess. And it came with this thing called Ableton Live. And I was like, I don't know what that is. <laughs> like, but I guess I'll try to make beats on it. And I had no idea what the fuck I was doing. I was, you know, I opened it up and it was like this big gray. You know, I felt like I had to like do my taxes or something. I was like, "What's going on?" <laughs> like, I don't know. What, I don't even know what this is. And I just started fucking around. And I was like, "Ooh, this MIDI thing is fun to play with." And I just, you know, made eighty eight drums and threw that together. And you know, all of and you know, all from the first six months of me being beats were just garbage. Mm-hmm. They're just shit. They were That's terrible. Supposed to be like that. But, yeah. Yeah, and I think just embracing the shittiness from when you you start out <laughs> is like. You know, really be okay with sucking for a little yeah. while. Yeah. Because you gotta. That's you what know. she said. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I have a couple of beats that I really like. I'm like, yo, the sampling is on point. This sounds great. But why did I. Why the hell did I, like, put the volume of my hi hats, like, up, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the hi hats are way have, up, and the I sampling this, is on point. I had this, this beat from like two years ago, and it's like the composition of it is dope. But like, <laughs> I I just figured out compression. Yeah. I thought no, I just found out about compression. I didn't figure it out yet. <laughs> I compressed everything, like mm. everything. It's the loudest fucking thing you'll ever hear. It's like a fucking airplane crashing into your ears. Yeah. But it's like, at the time I thought, this is good because it's loud. And now I listen to it, it's like, oh yeah, God. But- so I'm like taking all the filters, all the EK, all the shit off and I'm trying to remix it, which is but hard. Once but once again, like-, like back in the days and like even now <laughs> with tutorials, this is still something you can learn yeah. by yourself. Yeah. And that's why what Zach just said is like yeah. very important. Your first 100 beats will suck. Maybe your first 200 beats will suck. Maybe you're one of those geniuses, only your first five beats will suck. Yeah. But it doesn't matter because just learn from it. Learn you know, from I it. I would exactly. love to hear the first beats of legendary producers. Oh, fuck yeah. I like, would love to hear yeah. the Ninth Wonder's first beat, Premier's first beat, Kanye's first beat. I'd love to I hear I heard that. some old Dilla stuff, like on the Five Elements no, but like, tapes, but like it's not his first... But like the first thing, the first time they ever tried making music, it's got an SP twelve hundred and was like, "What is this?" <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh man, I want to like you want to hear that because it's. I feel like this is um. The beauty of it is that for little to no money, little to no investment is needed to actually make music. And then yeah, once you kind of get settled with like kind of your own workflow because i really didn't have a specific workflow until i got machine yeah yeah because like, like that I, changed a lot for you yeah for me too yeah like because i used ableton for a while and i it was okay like i really like the way sampling is set up in ableton because mm-hmm. like the way you can look at audio is fantastic but like it just wasn't like clicking for some reason yeah. and then once i got machine and i just had the, it was, I, maybe it was the hardware where it's like i had the 16 pads i think right this, i think it's the hardware man because like for yeah, me yeah for me, like, what Machine did was add something tangible. It, it, mm. it started feeling like making music rather than dragging and dropping stuff and, like, mm-hmm. writing stuff out. Like, um, yeah. and a lot of digital 
music making is just like dragging and dropping your loops in the right spots but like machine made it drumming it allowed me to like be creative the way i sit down behind a piano and just start playing chords and try out melodies and experience like when i start i'm not exactly sure yet what my composition is going to be like that's what machine let me do with samples and i never had that before and there's tons of ways of getting to that point but machine was the way for me to get there but do you guys know what you're going to do when you hear a sample because me like sometimes, sometimes. i have sometimes. this like drum loop or i have this bass line on a knee fit or whatever i just like i saw daedalus doing this on a documentary or whatever oh, yeah. like i just start playing records while playing my own beat in the background and just going like through that, records yeah. like just oh shit this is matching amazing like it's like you're more like a dj at that moment i guess because you're just yeah. putting tracks underneath it i think i'm searching like, for compared layers compared to zach and you my my music making process is different zach hasn't really gone into depth with about like his approach but my style is very i always take like one sample mm -hmm. and i build like all so i play the piano yeah, yeah alongside and i get a guitar player to do something with that and i you're the I'll kanye play, of the group I'm, <laughs> well, like the, the, the my dark in twisted sense, fantasy yeah, in kanye. Sense. like i need a cello on this yeah not dude the, come over here play the cello not like, the make america great again kanye the my beautiful dark twisted fantasy era yeah, kanye. Yeah, 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 yeah 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 there you go um I've had situations where I eventually I just take out the sample and listen to what I had in the end. Yeah. Yo, this is cooler than the actual sample being in there. How, how do you work, Zach? Because well, it really depends. Because if if I'm sampling for from a record, yeah. Uh, yeah, from vinyl, like I'll just I like a lot of people. What well, they'll they'll just drop the needle and whatever they find they'll that's what they'll use. I like this takes more time yeah. is more tedious but what i like i just like listening to the whole record yeah like front and back because like, you never know it's 45 right because you don't have to listen to it. <laughs> well, so just, but if, if, even if it's an lp even if it's a big lp and even if you got me but um you know i'll listen to the whole thing and this and this is like well i listen to the whole record like that's not no, doesn't mean everyone has to do that. And sometimes, and sometimes it sucks because it's like you'll listen to the whole thing, and I'm like, I didn't find anything. This is exactly. I just wasted half an hour, you know. Yeah. And but you know, it's those times. Well, that's like part I, of I was, it too. yeah. I was working on a beat literally just the other day, and um, it was this Henry Mancini record. He's the guy he did Pink Panther theme. Yes. And, oh yeah. Um, for the listeners, uh, but he it was this record I found for like a dollar at some record store I think in Dallas and. Uh, what was on it? It was like I think it was a bunch of jazz standards. It was like the Henry Mancini Orchestra, and yeah, you know, he plays big band. Blah, blah, blah. Some it was like oh, jazz, cool. I grabbed it, and I like Henry Mancini stuff. Um, but the the record itself was all warped. Like when I took it out, oh yeah, like, when, I got home, when I took it out, and it was like made on like really cheap vinyl, and it was all like blah, 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 you know. It was real cheap, and I was, I was about to just throw it out. I was like, oh, fuck it, this is going to suck. But I was like, wait, because I noticed like the, the the inner part of the record wasn't warped. Yeah. So I was like, mm -hmm. well, maybe there's something on that, like, you know, the last track. So I put it on there anyway, and there was a really nice string section. Like, at the very end of the last track, and I was like, boom, there it is. Going to use that. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, it was really fucking dope. Like, it was a dope-ass beat, so I just took that... 
So, but Zach, do you ever like combine records on like multiple samples on a record? Uh, if it's like drums, usually if it's drums from another record, and then... yeah, that works. Yeah, drums. Yeah, I've never. I I don't think I've ever matched like melodic or melodic content from m more than one record. I think I've beat. tried to do that, but I've I've failed <laughs> most of the yeah. time. Or like, I'll try to sample. Like I'll take the sample and add maybe a vocal thing here and there. Yeah. But usually I just yeah. kind of everything's like so, drums are. Are you a big drum guy? Like sampling drums? I've been really like messing around with drums, like drum loops more and more. Okay. And then just sampling from. I actually have this um, this zip file that I downloaded like probably like over two years ago of just a bunch of drum breaks that I got. I, I think someone on the Making Hip Hop subreddit, because that's when I got into, you know... We probably have the same file. Like, there's this <laughs> we file really do. like yeah. 500 break beats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's, like, it's got like Funky there. Drummer and, you know, all the classics. And, the you know, and I've just been going through that and just finding loops that I like. Perfect. And then just... Either, like, let's say I find a snare that I really like, I'll, I'll take that. Mm -hmm. There's a kick I really like, I'll take that. And just getting more acoustic-sounding drums, like yeah. old school. Oh. And I've noticed that, like, once I... And this is obviously... This helps because I've been doing this for not a long time, but a long enough time to where I, you, you, I've kind of developed an ear for it. It's like, once I, like, started doing that with my drums and kind of challenging myself and going, okay, I don't want my drums to sound the same... Like, cause what I've been using for the longest time is the Ninth Wonder Kit. Oh, dude! Yo, I have the Ninth Wonder Kit too. Oh my god! I'm still yeah, yeah. using the Ninth Wonder Kit, which isn't bad at all. That's great. Like, it's fantastic. Yeah, my go-to kits are the Ninth Wonder Kits, kits, and the <laughs> you're gonna hate me for this. The Echo Sound OVO drum kit, mm. but it's got amazing 808. Like. Okay, the reason I, I love that one so much is because it's based on Massive, which is like the synthesizer yeah. that comes yeah, with Machine, know, right? Native yeah. Instruments. And so um, so it's like like the 808 sounds aren't like uh, pre-recorded samples, but they're like generated within my own synthesizer. Oh, okay. Right? Yeah. So that means that I can also tweak certain subtle things. Oh, I can that's like, tight. That's really cool. Um, I think I promised to send you that, Zach, like last Christmas or something. I didn't. No, oh, I don't even remember. Nah, I'm sorry. Christmas. Anyway, <laughs> so, but yeah, the Ninth Wonder, yeah, I'm a shitty friend. The Ninth Wonder kit, I used it a Love lot. But like, I, I, I just I, hate how it's organized. Yeah, yeah but it's, like, it's, it's not as terrible as the Dilla kit. There's this Dilla kit, and it's like terrible because it's just one dude who took like some pieces of Dilla tracks and just took like. Oh, here you can hear only the snare from this song, and God. he just chopped the snare out of it. And sometimes when you're making a beat, you just hear the dunk, <laughs> like you hear this like little bass little sound bass or this little it. vocal bit. You hear it next to the drum sound. <laughs> I hate the delicate. Yeah, man. But like what I've been doing lately, and like Stephen was asking me a lot about it. Like, dude, what what you're doing with your drums? Your drums are sounding like, like better drums, and better and better. Like I hate my drums, but like it's, I love it's a compliment that, that that you're giving to me. Like, and I'm <laughs> taking it. I'm I appreciate it. Um, but what I've been doing is like Maybe I've been layering it. my classic drum breaks. I've been chopping them up, but they never sound yeah. like they don't have this that bang to it. Punch. Like yeah, that, yeah, it it, it misses it, it it misses the punch. So what I'm doing is I'm layering my like my drum kits uh, with some drum breaks. 
So I'm chopping up these classic drum breaks like Funky Drummer and maybe leave like a certain fill in there mm -hmm. somewhere and then I just layer it with my own drum kits and then you get like this much grander sound like it gets bigger but it still has like this old school uh, vibe yeah. to it and uh, like just mixing stuff that, that's, that has now, been my go-to yes. thing I, I will I will praise kits you know from other producers like that's like especially if you're starting out you want those types of sounds like, oh yeah. yeah wonder that the thing is you gotta be aware of you know we were talking earlier about like the tight beats yeah like yeah like it's good for kind of starting out and getting an idea of what you want your own sound yeah. to be you know you're like hey i like ninth wonders because ninth wonders drums on all of his projects are just amazing yeah like, like Dude, back in the days he got like a lot of hate for that like back in the little brother days and like the the, the first Merce and Ninth Wonder uh, 316 oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, records, like there was a lot of hate going around. Like, oh, Ninth Wonder always uses the same snare, and like it's always the same kid he's using. But like, Ninth really had like this Wait, great three, drum kit. 316. I just realized that's Merce's birthday because we saw him at his birthday release. Yeah, party, and it's also about three sixteen, like yeah. three times sixteen bars. Yeah, but it was but three sixteen is March sixteen is Merce's birthday because Zach and I in LA we went to his. Oh shit! I never knew that. So like that's yeah, a we great went to his release tip party, which was on his birthday. Oh wow. shit! That's dope. Wow, yeah, connecting anyway. so many things right now. But yeah, like uh, 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 I've got a lot of hate for that, but. Um, like, it's just a drum kit. Like, I'm not gonna be like, oh, you should not use, like, free drum kits or whatever. Like, just... I honestly don't care, man. Trial if it man. sounds good, do it. Yeah, it's just Yeah, it sounds drum. good. It sounds good. I like, really don't that. care, man. I've I know. Heard, like, a, a drum can only that sound the like... Kit. The, like, so many... if it's good, it's good. Yeah. You know? Yeah. In a way, it's, like, referencing... It's kind of cool if you recognize an actual drum sound. Like... Of course. There's a lot of intertextuality, if that makes sense, in beats. Yeah, but I recognize grooves more than sounds. Right, 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 yeah. Like, it's... Like, Zach, uh, earlier on in the episode, was talking about, like, the, the Superfly snare. Right. Like, probably, if you find that snare, it's a great snare, it's an amazing snare. Like, you take it and you use it a couple of times, but I... Maybe that one is like special enough for someone to recognize it as like, oh, that's a super fly snare. But for right. most people, it's more about the grooves than the sounds oh, yeah. for drums, I guess. Yeah. I hope I'm not like care about the grooves more. I guess like it should. I have a certain punch to it. But yeah, 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 yeah. Like a drum kit is not my number one priority when making. But in beats. a sense, it's like it's cool if you hear like a song with that yeah which is from like the james brown uh mm -hmm. from like a james brown track and you, it didn't sound like james brown but i know what you're talking yeah, about yeah but i mean how, what how, yeah. what's the live run dmc oh that gets oh yeah like you know that gets oh, sampled yeah. all the time yeah yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is a lot in dilla tracks right too right yeah but are you like straight up like using drum loops and start sampling over your drum loops Zach? It really, it just depends on like what works. Like it, sometimes with, I yeah, use a drum loop and it works perfectly, and I'm like sweet. And sometimes it's just separate drum. Yeah. And like what what, what Stephen just said, do you start with do your you drums? start with drums or do you start with the sample? I, I start with the sample. Oh like, my guys. Yeah, me, me too. too. I always start with the sample. Drums oh, are always, always my... start with sample. Yeah. Sometimes because for a few, you know, on uh, machine you can save groups and you mm -hmm. can save the yeah. specific, you know. 
loops that you find. And sometimes I'll just like come up with a really good drum loop. And I'll yeah. be like, ooh, I need to save this. Because this might yeah. be useful later. Yeah. And then, you know, I'll find a sample and I just can't think of the drum... Some drums that and go with that. And then I'm like, oh, yeah. wait. Yeah. I saved a loop from earlier. And then, boom. I put that yeah. together and... Oh, shit. Really? That's cool yeah. that you can save that. We've talked about DAWs. What kind of equipment do you, do we use outside of... Like the I, software, like what kind of? I recently do we just use? got. I recently just got an SP four hundred four. Right. I didn't use it specifically for beat making. I know some people do. Like they'll make all their beats on SP four hundred four. I usually use it just for like live sets. Like I did a live set a couple right. weeks ago right. in uh, Austin. Um, and that's great because like what I'll do is just like plug the individual loops for a beat into each pad on yeah. SP four hundred four. And then, you know, like all, like with all the onboard effects on SP4, that's why you buy that thing. Cause the, yeah. the oh, seriously? Thing, you you yeah, just put like great. tracks you, you made on something else, you put it in the, it's cool, man. In, 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 in the SP404. Yeah. yeah, like, you know, and it's got like vinyl simulation and yeah. compression. And then you filter the shit. I, like, I, that's probably like blasphemy to like hardcore lo fi beat makers who are yeah. like, you don't make beats on the SP4. I'm like, no, what the fuck? No, that's too hard. <laughs> oh, man. It's too hard. <laughs> it's also like, Machine, because I've actually done a live set with machine, and I didn't like it. No, like because it's like I still had the laptop in front of me, and I just uh, like it made things more complicated than need to be. And I was like, and once I got the four four, it was just this little black box, and you know, throw it in my backpack and let's go. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, you know, we're going into the food analogies again, but like you know, I like the vinyl compression on the SP four four a lot. Yeah, a lot. But like so many lo-fi beat makers, they'll just slather it on everything. Yeah, it's like just they just put mustard on everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Smother it. It's like no, like I like a little bit, you know, here and there. You know, yeah, but keep the natural flavor without adding all this extra stuff to it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like though one of my favorite, I I love his beats a lot, but he does. A lot of people make fun of him for his uh, Beside You. It's spelled like BSD dot U or something. He's a great uh, lo-fi. Never heard of him. No. But um, he, he's guilty of just shoving a bunch of vinyl crackle. Like on all of his... Just <laughs> like that's... <laughs> all of his beats start and just like... And then the, you know, the piano starts and it's like... And you know... <laughs> You should make like a beat tape just doing everything yeah. with your mouth like it's some beat fi Real lo-fi. Real lo-fi. Start a lo-fi barbershop quartet. Like <laughs> There's just one dedicated guy just doing the final, the final crackle. crackle. <laughs> yeah. Okay, but like if you have to label your beats, what kind of beats do you make? Or do you like to make the most? If you have to put yourself in like this little, put yourself in the corner, like in a box. I don't know. For me, it's like I kind of just want to make whatever the hell I want. Like sometimes I know, I'll make. But these days you have to have a label. Like yeah, I know it's dumb. You know if what? Not, really okay. I so agree, you mentioned. But like, I'm just curious. What label would you give yeah, yourself? What's your hashtag, man? I'm I'm really on the, the lo-fi kick, whatever that means. Yeah. But I'm not, I'm not like in that same. Like, I also still want to like try to figure out my own sound. You know, like with my most recent beat tape, it was all like video game stuff, but it was still that, you know, I still embraced that whole like Dilla Mad Lib sort of approach yeah. to beat making. But it, instead of with samples, it was just, hey, I have my, you know, I no, just use masses most of the time. I had a question about that. Because um, 
I know that you're sort of, we talked to Sarah, the instrumentalist, uh, and she has this whole brand, No Quantize, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that sort of Dilla doesn't quantize. And just for the listener, just like a quick recap, if you're a fan of the show, you've heard this before. Quantizing means sort of letting the computer fix your, fix your music, right? Like, mm-hmm. if you're not exactly on beat, it the computer will beat. put it right on beat, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I know that, like, Sarah literally has a brand called No Quantize, right? So she doesn't Which do that. Cool. Which is cool. Really cool. Jay Dilla doesn't do that, right? There's a certain philosophy. philosophy no, 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 like, but to say Dilla doesn't do that <laughs> is bullshit. Because like this one dude who um, worked on The Shining with yeah. Dilla, yeah, like the dude who was a sound engineer. Like, okay, maybe he didn't quantize, but he changed things because that sure. dude was like, yeah, Dilla was telling me to like move the snare one baby hair to the left or to the right yeah, or whatever. Yeah, that, that's so he's not quantizing, quantizing. but yeah. he is like changing that's it good. and that's putting good. it that's in a fair. different place. So like, and you know what? You know, that's fine. That's yeah. yeah, it is fine, but, but I don't but like I'm, to I'm curious, brand right? it like it's I'm curious, no quantizing. Yeah, like, cause I'm curious cause I know there's this, it makes sense to say that no quantizing is better than quantizing because it's more real, more authentic, right? Because it's actually how you played it. But <laughs> what I know, what I, I was talking to uh, Frank last week, I think, or before that, we were talking about what we did for production. I said, we do the yo, same stuff. Yo, we do the same stuff. Like the, our podcasts are just like, r- random, like natural conversations. We just put a mic there, right? Yeah. But, um, and we do like an awkward intro of us being two white boys, Zach. But that, that, that's aside from that and our plugging our social media uh, stuff mm-hmm. at the end. It's just, a it's just a conversation, right? So Frank and I were talking. I was like, I was like saying, yo, I feel, I don't know. I feel, should I feel guilty? But I quantize all my snares. Like on the two and the four, I quantize every snare. Always two and the four. Definitely. Yeah. I, I just started I not do doing it. Like, but. Um, for me, it's just a logical thing, like, I'm chopping up my samples, at least something has to be on point. Yeah. Like, I can make the rest as sloppy as possible, well. but something, but has, something to be right. has to be on point. Exactly. There needs that's, to be a sort of metronome, that's what I'm and doing. for me, it's the snare. As long as the snare is, like, doing his work, like, or the so, hi-hats, right. like, at least quantize one of the... Quantize something, right? Yeah. Now, I know that Zach... On like on your Stanley tape, I know that you were very much like probably not all the way through, but you were very no no quantize like, right? Yeah, but then, much, yeah. but then when I listened to your eight uh, bit um, bounces tape, like there's like these arpeggios and stuff in there which seem very computery. All, all, all like, of that shit was quantized. everything's all quantized, those. right? Yeah, right. So and the reason why is because it's like I wanted to have that you know Mega Man. Yeah, you wanted to type get that eighty. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And the 80s was MIDI. very quantized. The 80s yeah. was me. Like, man. if you sample 80s stuff, like, you don't have to worry about the same stuff as sampling Ethiopian jazz. No. Yeah. Like, <laughs> if you're sampling 80s stuff, I'll bet your ass it's all it's digital. It's quantized yeah. as fuck. Like, you don't have to worry about anything. If you, like, are wondering, is this the right BPM? And, and will this 
be the right BPM for the rest of the song. Yeah, but that, that's it what will. pisses me off, man. Because, like, that's what pisses me off with some, like, really cool samples. And I, I might have to do start doing what you do with the time stretching mm -hmm. thing. But it, Machine doesn't make that really easy. Dude, Fruity uh, didn't make it easy until I watched the tutorial. Yeah, once well, again. maybe I should watch and the I tutorial. I was like, oh shit. But, like, I, I really, I love the type of sounds from samples that switch tempos throughout the song yeah yeah but i hate working with them yeah because mm -hmm. it makes it so fucking that. difficult to get like multiple parts of the song to align if like if it starts at like 85 bpm and the end of the song is 95 bpm mm -hmm. roughly right because like within the bar itself it might fluctuate and it's just i don't know i i'm I, there's just so many things that come to Coming to play with sampling, and which is probably because I'm bothered by that. It's, that's probably the reason that um that I usually take one sample and build the rest of the beat around it myself. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But why do you make beats? Why like, I make beats? Like because that's an important thing to me. Like we can talk about quantize or no quantize. Like oh, money and bitches. Money or and not bitches is the only reason I make beats. I know you're like all about money and bitches. To me, I, I still use like the Mad Lib standard, I guess. Like, I just make music for myself. Yeah. If I love it, I don't care what other people think about it. Like, I don't release all my stuff. Like, I got at least a library of like 600, 700 beats at this moment. That's, I just yeah, like actually, listen yeah. to it myself. I, wanna, I make mm -hmm. music that I want to hear. Yeah. Sometimes I flip a sample that has been sampled like... 10 times before. Why? Because I fucking love that sample and I want to flip it. Yeah. And even though like my human nature flip sounds a lot like it ain't hard to tell, I don't care because homie, I love human homie, nature. Homie, don't don't mm -hmm. front. You you remade. I remade it ain't hard to tell. It because sound a that's lot like it ain't no, hard no, to no, tell. No, 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 but I also have a beat that samples human nature. <laughs> yeah, okay. But like cuz you just played me like 2 hours ago you played me your Yeah, I love remaking stuff sometimes like it's Yo, for, for me real, it's, that's a good like that's a good piece of advice if you like a certain style. Don't make a tight beat, but like practice. <laughs> yeah, practice. Don't make it a tight beat, but I practice, practice making, remaking, remaking that beat. I know Zach is doing that for his thesis. Yeah, with you're, the donut you're stuff, literally right? Literally remaking donuts, which stuff, was just absurdly difficult. <laughs> but I know. I you know I, you know I learned a lot from that. I think that's a good reason. You know, you're you're saying like earlier, and I you know I appreciate the comment of like only being three years and. Where I, you know, I'm very happy where I am musically, but I'm also writing a 90-page master's thesis on on Jay Dilla, so that yeah. kind of helps a little bit. So, like, what yeah. producers inspire you guys? There's a there is. I have to draw a distinction between the producers that I love the most necessarily and the ones that have influenced me the most, Second. right? Sure. Um. So the ones that I love the most is basically all the producers on Illmatic. So that's Pretty let's much. say Premier, Large Professor, uh, Q Tip, all all Pete Rock, Pete Rock, obviously, um, those kind of guys. That is like a sound that I love so much. Yeah, it's not a sound that I actually make. No, like when I make music, it doesn't sound like '90s boom bap. It's more Macklemore-ish. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> um, a style, another sort of, um, like. Eminem's records, like the early records, have hugely oh. been a huge influence on me. Um, 
and you think that's just Dr. Dre, but it's probably the Bass Brothers too. Of and course, the Bass Brothers mostly, did some amazing mostly. stuff. Yeah. Like, um, and, and Eminem himself, honestly. Like, a lot of beats. No. It's not. Okay, I'm not, not saying. Not the Eminem show. No, I'm not. Okay, so let's. Harpsichord, like shitty keyboard, right, listen, like listen, shitty digital listen, harpsichord I, stuff. I, you know what I said? I, I'm not saying that the stuff that I like the most necessarily is the stuff that influenced me the most. Mm-hmm. Right? Okay, okay. So, what has influenced me, and we talked about quantizing a little bit, is like my flow is very similar. Like, if I had to, for, for my rapping style, if I had to pinpoint an era or an artist that has most, been most influential to my flow, it's Eminem on the Eminem show. Yeah. That's not my favorite Eminem necessarily, oh, okay. but it's the flow that I like the most. It's the cleanest Eminem flow. It's the sort of right before like lose yourself is the is the pinnacle of that flow right in terms of rhyming and in terms of like being on beat marshall mathers and slim shady lp eminem was very offbeat and it was very in between uh uh, uh the timing of the beat on on eminem show he was right on beat and what works best for that is quantized snares and kicks mm-hmm. right and that sort of that has influenced my because my rapping style matches so well with that, I think that's why my drums are very quantized. Yeah. My samples aren't, like, the music itself isn't, but the, but the drums are. And then, in terms of, like, scope of my productions, I would say Kanye is my biggest influence. And not early Kanye, but, like, Kanye on um, uh, Dark Fantasy, mostly. So that, that's the scope of that album... Mm-hmm is in terms of big sound expensive sounding sounds that's what i'm yeah. usually going for yeah and then i guess that um what i noticed that i love a lot uh which i enjoy but i also feel like it influences my style a lot right now is like uh 40 um so drake's producer like his approach to making music is very influential on my um, like I can, I notice that it influences me. Okay. So it's a, but it's, a, but there's a huge like tribe called Quest, like NWA, like uh, what I said, like '90s boom bap, New York shit. Yeah. Uh, there's so much that I love in hip hop, but that doesn't necessarily isn't necessarily reflected in my own music. But mm-hmm. I, I would say those sort of sounds, those perspectives on making music are like very much present in my uh my beats in my music um zach what about you um Biggest i know you mentioned uh frank mentioned uh daedalus earlier and like i would say yeah maybe as of right now like he's been one of the bigger influences on me just because he just yeah. him along with all the other guys in kind of that la beat scene you know yeah. like sam i am john wayne flying lotus all those guys like they don't really, they're not really specifically concerned with genre. No. You know, and I love that. And, you know, especially, mm-hmm. you know, John Wayne was a huge influence on me with his Bowser tape because it's like him. And then, like, DiBiase, too, just because the whole embrace of, like, video games and hip hop, I just love. Um, but yeah, like that, at least right now, that's, that's like the kick that I'm on, you know? Yeah. Um, I don't know if you would call it, like, lo fi or. I don't know. I don't know really. I don't like to label myself, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's kind of what... I think that whole scene, 
like it's not really a genre as much as it is like an approach, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Like a collective. Yeah, yeah. What about you, Frank? Like inspired, like I think Madlib is still one of the like Madlib. Yeah. In the mad villain beat conductor era, really inspired me to try different things. He was working with like the Bollywood soundtracks. I started working with Turkish music, etc. Yeah, 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 yeah. So like Madlib really pushed me to to check out different sorts of samples. But like when it comes to musicians that inspire me, like I can name like a shitload of artists. Yeah. Like it's impossible for me because I really, 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 really love uh, the Smiths. Yeah. Might sound like a giant hipster to most people right now, but <laughs> you do have a beard. No, my mom. My mom <laughs> is a big Morrissey fan, so yeah. I grew up listening to a lot of uh, Smiths. Uh, but I also listen to a lot of metal. So yeah. like even great artists like Max Cavalera and, and uh, all the guys in Korn inspire me. And at the same time, a Freddie Hubbard and a Donald Byrd inspire me. Oh, yeah. But when it comes when it comes to hip hop producers, it's like Mad Lib, um, Pete Brock will forever be one of my main inspirations, like I said before. Um, and these days, like, yeah, Daedalus, still an XL. I mean, XL mm. is an amazing artist. Uh, knowledge what he's doing with Anderson uh, Park is like really yeah. dope oh, yeah, but he did a lot of great beat tapes before man that dude speaking of knowledge that dude is like prolific as hell man like yeah. he, if you look at his band camp he's got a new new shit coming out like every month like yeah. he's always dropping stuff but he's like the main bedroom producer like, <laughs> like nobody touches knowledge like he really made this his thing and and like, started working with Anderson Park, releasing the No Worries uh, uh, records and shit. Like, yeah. Like, I still get inspired by people every day. That's cool. I sound like a major cliche right now, but... Yeah, yeah you're good. Like, that's what you get when you oh listen my God, to a lot I of music. I'm still, like, inspired by people every day. Like, you do that voice way too well. <laughs> <laughs> but that's his Macklemore style. <laughs> This is how I channel my whiteness. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, as a valley girl. Yeah. I just looked at Knowledge's um, his Bandcamp. Band and guess how many projects he has on his Bandcamp? Thirty-six. Ninety-one. Wow. What? <laughs> I just counted every single one. He has ninety. That's just you know some of it's singles, some of it's. <laughs> I wanted to say let's all support knowledge, but by buying all this, buy shit. All this shit. But ninety-one projects is a lot. Yeah. Yo, I got two this year. Yeah, I, I was so, pretty. Um, man, it's been a. We should. Well, obviously, you're a friend of the show already. We're gonna be on sometime soon again. Gino too, probably. Um, it's it's been a it's been a pleasure having you as a guest again, Frank. <laughs> Thank yeah. you, guys. Um, Thank you. Thank guys. you so much for being here and hanging out. Um, and it's been so much fun finally getting like us finally getting to do this episode. It's been so much fun. We we've been wanting to talk about producing and in previous episodes it's come up right. Yeah. But now finally we got the chance to like dedicate an entire episode geek to out, yeah. geek out about sampling about about software hardware 
just like our thoughts and ethics and whatever is related <laughs> to producing. Um, we can probably do a sequel to this episode sometime soon, but yeah, um, yeah, it's been a pleasure having you on, and um, it's always a pleasure to drop by. Like, yes, I'm loving what you guys are doing, and thank uh, you so much. Yeah, well. I'm actually getting like a lot of people into it. Like, oh, that's nice. Even even my girlfriend today like was telling her <laughs> colleagues about me. Like she was like, yeah, I have the uh, our house for for myself tonight, so I'm gonna watch TV. And yeah, they were yeah, like, yeah. so what's your friend? What's your boyfriend going to do? Like, oh, he's going to record a podcast. And she was telling about Kick Knowledge, and they That's were like, oh, wait dope. a minute, let me look it up on iTunes. And they were like, okay, I'm gonna Dude, check I'm this gonna, out tonight. So that's dope. we got that a couple dope. more subscribers because when I went to that uh, conference in Cleveland, yeah, I put in my bio when they read my bio that like, you know, he's the co-host of the kick knowledge podcast and i was like everybody subscribe no, yeah, whenever right i now. give a talk my last slide is also if you like this talk about me <laughs> just talking about hip-hop all the time yeah. you can get this on like a semi-weekly basis if you subscribe to our, exactly. to our podcast so yeah no definitely um you guys are doing amazing things like since the last time i was there like you yeah, guys had eric sermon on like yeah, Raka, like, yeah, yeah, dude, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, you are, you guys are doing amazing things. We like, can't really believe it. Um, since we've partnered with Rap Analysis, our views yeah. have, like, our reach has grown by, like, 4,000% or something. Like, I don't even know if that's... That's insane. I don't know, a couple thousand... It's, it's, it's crazy. It's, uh, we, we're growing so fast, and we're getting so much uh, great feedback, and... Um, I, we love to hear this kind of stuff, obviously, but it's it's just so much fun because it really is very humbling to think about, um, yo, we're just talking and recording us talking about hip hop and people like there's actually hundreds of people by now listening to our episodes. And yeah. it's 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 weird, but it's so cool. Um so if you're one of like if you're a first time listener maybe like Frank's girlfriend put you on the podcast right put you <laughs> onto the podcast right now if you're a first time listener and you like this uh, make sure to like follow us on social media like Facebook uh, Kick Knowledge Podcast we're on Twitter Kick Lower Dash Knowledge and we're on Instagram Kick Lower Dash Knowledge Lower Dash yeah, Podcast sure. also check us out on our website kickknowledgepodcast.com or of course rapanalysis.com slash kickknowledge because we've partnered with Martin of rapanalysis.com and that's brought us nothing but good stuff so um, also uh, we can find us on iTunes on Stitcher Radio on Mixcloud and um that's pretty much it. Is there anything you will still want to plug, Frank? Like, is there oh. any... Oh, there's a cool home base show coming up for our Dutch listeners. Dude, I almost thought about spoiling all the upcoming home don't, base don't shows. Do it, don't do it. We're going to close off this season, the first season, with um, Souls of Mischief next Ooh. month. Tw nice. June nice. 24th. Uh, uh, June 24th. Fourth, it's like a Sunday show. It's gonna be amazing. Like they're bringing, uh, they are bringing Breakbeat Lou. Uh, Breakbeat Lou is a DJ who has been really important to like beat makers and DJs in uh, in in the early days of hip hop, but still because Breakbeat Lou was the dude who was responsible for the Ultimate Beats and Breaks record. Nice. Yeah. He was tight. one of the two dudes who was uh, doing that stuff. So. 
Like, yeah, it's gonna be an amazing show. Soul Break Beat Loose, Soul Some Mischief. 93 like... till infinity, man. You're doing great stuff, honestly. Yeah, it's, it's, it's weird. Uh, yeah, like, if we, we haven't really talked about it now, but, like, if you're interested in Frank's work, not just as a producer, but uh, we'll link some of your, sound, your beats, uh, your SoundCloud page, in the description of the episode. Um, but if you want to know more about, like, the shows that he's promoting here in the Netherlands... Um, their episode nine, I believe, was the uh, episode where we, when we had you first on, and you talked yeah. about home base a lot. Um, yeah, make sure to check that out too. <laughs> Actually, talking about home base a lot, I think we were also talking about making beats. Oh yeah, we're talking about making episode. beats. Definitely, that's why we <laughs> was well, like that, ten minutes on I mean, home that, base. Honestly, that's why we invited you here now to like yeah. do this uh, episode with us. But yeah, so thank you so much for listening, everyone. And um, with that being said. Uh, it's been a All pleasure right. kicking knowledge with you. Peace out. Peace.